Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area, and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seeds website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. Chilson Motors with Gene Chilson, our sponsors of our Wax Farm Show podcast. At Chilson's Corner Motors of Kadat and Chilson Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram, we have an excellent selection of certified pre-owned Ram models to choose from. Purchase a certified Ram and receive our seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty and its factory-back coverage from Ram. A certified Ram offers a great deal of confidence and peace of mind with a seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And we now have a great selection in stock and ready for immediate delivery. And ready to get those farm chores done. Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Kadat on the corner of Highway 27 and X or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53 or visit us on the web at chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Girl crush on a Friday morning at Wax. You ever have a girl crush when you were in school? Did you have a crush on uh, some of the guys at school? Well, <laughs> isn't that kind of up in the air? That's a long words, time ago. In other words, yes. Oh, that's good. Hey, Bob and Jill with you this morning. It's chore time here at the shank of the day. I think uh, we're breaking the drought this morning. I think we are. Holy smokes, there's a lot of rain going on yeah. out there. And then I was just watching Mike Dandry over at Skywarn 13, and he said, tomorrow, snow, 10 inches plus. What? We'll find out if that's April Fool's or not, but uh, wow. So get ready, some, I don't want to say wild weather, but, uh, well, unwelcome weather, I guess, 10 inches. That's not what we want this time of the year, but it is raining out there. Maybe further up north, Barren Rusk, up in that area, might be a little snow with it as well, but uh, it's coming down out there. We're getting a, a good heavy rain right now, or had when I came in. I don't know if it still had heavy, but it is raining out there. Be aware of that. And again, we uh, get started on a Friday morning here at Wax. Well, the Brewers opened the season in Chicago yesterday. I think they better go back to spring training. They didn't play very well. So I don't know what it is with teams in Wisconsin. No offense. The Packers didn't have much offense. The Badger football team didn't have much offense. We all know about the Badger basketball team. They couldn't score if there was nobody on defense, if it was just the five of them. And then the Brewers yesterday, they are horrible offensively as well, but it's only game one. Better basketball this weekend, the Final Four. Good luck to all the students heading to River Falls tomorrow for the Ag Technology Contest. And later on, we'll get a USDA report. Also, don't forget, tomorrow is April 1st, April Fool's Day. Don't let them pull a prank on you because, uh, well, it is April Fool's Day. We'll leave it at that. I got in a little, not a little bit of trouble, fun trouble, years and years ago on the radio. I, uh, oh, it must be 35, 40 years ago now <laughs> when we still had, you know, phones on our desks and on our tables and all that sort of stuff. I said about 9 o'clock this morning, the phone company is going to clean their phone lines. They're going to blow out the phone lines 
So you might want to get like a cake pan cover and put it over your phone so you don't get dust all over your house. And <laughs> I got in trouble. The phone company's calling. What are you doing? You got all the lines tied up. People are calling to find out what this cleaning the phone lines is all about. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't do April Fool's jokes anymore. <laughs> got a little trouble for that. <laughs> all the switchboards were tied up, and they were worried about their emergencies and all that sort of stuff. But, uh, you know. It was April 1st, and I don't know where I even dreamed that up, but uh, I got in trouble. Uh, blowing out, they're going to blow the dust out of the phone lines. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to happen this year. I don't think we're going to have much dust with this rain out there. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. No dust out there today. It's raining around the area and raining hard in a lot of places up north. Probably it's a little white mixed in as well, so we've got rain off and on throughout the day, but it's raining pretty good right now, and uh, it'll get to about 43 today. 26 overnight wet tomorrow. Keep an eye on the weather, seriously, because as we said, we've got a lot of students heading over to River Falls for the Ag Tech competition and uh, some snow in the area. We'll get Mike Dandry. I'm going to get him to tell us what he's predicting or looking at potentially, but 37 to high tomorrow. Then 52 on Sunday under cloudy skies. And then it looks like Tuesday and Wednesday of next week, more precipitation. It's 33 degrees right now and raining as well. WAXX Eau Claire, let's get some news. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. Former President Trump is facing more than 30 counts related to business fraud in an indictment from a New York grand jury. That's according to a report from CNN. The Manhattan DA has been investigating the hush money case involving Trump's alleged role in a payment to adult film star Stormy Daniels to cover up their alleged affair. The indictment marks the first time in U.S. history that a current or former president will face criminal charges. The U.S. Secret Service is now talking with New York authorities about transporting former President Donald Trump to Manhattan to face criminal charges. NBC's Garrett Haig has more. An unprecedented political circus that'll end with an arraignment process that's much like that that anyone else charged with a crime in New York City would face. He'll be fingerprinted. Uh, he'll have his mugshot taken. He'll have his cheek swabbed for DNA. We won't see any of that, but he'll go through all of it accompanied by his Secret Service detail. The law enforcement agency says it's working with state authorities and Trump's lawyers to provide for a safe surrender and that its role is transportation and personal protection, and they are not taking part in Trump's arrest. Trump has released a statement saying he's completely innocent, and his lawyers are calling his indictment a political attack. A jury has determined that Gwyneth Paltrow was not at fault for crashing into a man on a ski slope in 2016. Brian Shook has a story. Utah retiree Terry Sanderson filed a lawsuit against Paltrow for $300,000, claiming she skied into him and left him with four broken ribs and a serious head injury. Paltrow countersued for court fees and a symbolic $1. After a two-week trial, an eight-person jury deliberated for less than three hours before clearing Paltrow of any wrongdoing. I'm Brian Shook. And the Pentagon is extending its condolences to the families of the American soldiers who died in a helicopter crash in Kentucky. Nine U.S. Army soldiers died when two Black Hawk helicopters crashed on Wednesday night. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, if you're hearing something outside, it's rain. <laughs> it's raining pretty good around the area. Some folks farther north are seeing some snow. And uh, that'll be the forecast for today. Wet weather, high about 43, down to 26 overnight, uh, continuing and could be a real spring storm with a bunch of snow 
starting overnight into tomorrow. So keep an eye on that so that uh, you can get to where you need to go tomorrow. Then on Sunday, it'll be cloudy in about 52, and then next chance of rain Tuesday and Wednesday, 39 and 40 degrees. So no real warm spell coming our way. It's 34 right now in Rice Lake, Medford, 32, 34 in Wausau and Marshfield, 41 in La Crosse, Green Bay at 36, Madison, 42 in Milwaukee. It's 44 in here, raining pretty good. We've got 33 degrees. Agriculture. It's the Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, let's get some of the chores done. Markets courtesy of Rural Mutual Insurance and Jill, the livestock numbers on a Friday. Choice fed beef steers are 158 to 168 and a half with mixed at 126 to 157. Choice fed beef heifers are 159 to 169 with mixed at 110 to 158. Choice fed Holstein steers are 134 to 150 with select and silage fed steers 105 to 133. Cows are 75 to 89 with bulls at 83 to 117. Butcher hogs are 38 to 67 and a half with sows at 30 to 42 and boars at 13 to 15. New crop market lambs are 135 to 150 with feeder lambs at one at 70 to 270. Ewes are 60 to 125. Small goats are 30 to 195. Medium goats are 75 to 230. Large goats are 155 to 420. And nanny goats are 50 to 230. At the Mercantile Exchange, livestock futures for the most part higher across the board. April live cattle finished today 167.55 up 172. June at 161 even. That's up $1.35. The August contract 160.35 up 90 cents. And October live cattle 164.62 up 72. Feeder cattle for April 199.90 up $1.70. May at 204.45 up $1.92. August feeder cattle 220.70. That's up a dollar seventy-five in September at two twenty-three twelve, up a dollar seventy-seven. The only fly in the ointment was April hogs. They were down thirty-two at the close at seventy-six forty-five. May hogs eighty-four seventy-five, up thirty-two. June ninety-one sixty, up seventy-seven. In July ninety-three fifty-seven, that was up sixty-five. Board of trade was mixed yesterday. As the corn was higher, more corn sales to China, as that Argentine crop is uh, not as big as they thought, evidently. Beans were down, a weaker meal market, and a big Brazilian soybean crop, putting pressure on those bean prices. Overnight, July corn, a fraction higher at 627. Oats down 9 cents, 356. July wheat down a nickel at 699. July soybeans down 4. At fourteen forty-two, soybean meal down three cent, or down three at four hundred fifty-one dollars and fifty cents. Cheese prices went down again yesterday. Barrels down another three cents, one eighty-seven and a half. Blocks down a penny. That's one ninety-two and a half. And blocks down about seventeen, eighteen cents in the last oh, three, four days. Butter was unchanged, two thirty-nine and three quarters. Class three March. Coming off the board today, that's up a penny in yesterday's trade at eighteen oh seven. April down four at nineteen forty six. May up eleven at eighteen sixty one. June up thirteen at eighteen sixty. And July class three up eight cents at nineteen oh one. Prices were higher through December, and we'll get the official March class three. I believe next Wednesday, April fifth. That price will be out. So that's the way the markets look this morning. 
courtesy of Rural Mutual Insurance. And we talk about uh, going places tomorrow, going to Ag Tech over in River Falls. Be careful. And if you're heading south, down in southwestern Wisconsin, big deal down there tomorrow. But be careful as well. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, weather might be the big story the next day or two, but in the meantime, we've got other things to look at as far as farm news is concerned. 13 minutes after 5. And Jill, uh, what's going on? At 11 o'clock this morning, the USDA will release its March Prospective Plantings and March Grain Stocks Report. That report generates a lot of interest, but not very accurate numbers because weather will be the final decider on how many areas go for corn and soybeans this spring. But the private companies still come up with their pre-report estimates. This year, those expectations for corn acres run from about 87.5 to 91.5 million acres, close to the 88.5 million acres planted in 2022. The early soybean estimates are around 88 and a quarter million acres planted, up about three quarters of a million acres from last year. Over 70,000 farmers were asked to supply planting information for today's report. And for the most part, farmers had a pretty good year last year. And that has been shown up in farm bankruptcy filings or the lack thereof. In 2022, there were 169 farms that filed Chapter 12 bankruptcy, the lowest amount since then, since that option became permanent law in 2005, and 39% less than, Oct- than Chapter 12 filings in 2021. Back in 2019, 595 farmers filed for Chapter 12 protection. It's also the first time in over 15 years there were less than 200 filings, and that was in 2022. If you want to attend the best agricultural university in the world, you'll have to go to the Netherlands. The latest ranking of the top ag schools in the world list, <clears throat> we discussed this, Wageningen University is as the best followed by the University of California, Davis, as number two. The University of Wisconsin College of Agriculture and Life Sciences in Madison is now the 10th ranked ag school in the world a drop of two spots from the last rankings. Purdue is now ranked number five, moving up from number 15 a year ago and with five other Big Ten schools ranking in the top 35. All right, the rankings now. And uh, as Jill said uh, so eloquently, Wagoning University, <laughs> I don't know if that's right either, <laughs> in the Netherlands is number one, and that continues. UC Davis, number two. Swedish University of Agricultural Sciences is number three. Cornell is number four, moving up from number five. Purdue, as we said, number five. The Norwegian University of Life Sciences is now number six. They weren't even ranked before. And then in number seven, it's the Ghent University of Belgium. They also weren't ranked earlier. And then the University in Zurich, the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology is number eight. Iowa State is now number nine, and the University of Wisconsin-Madison is number eight. Berkeley is 12. Michigan State is 14. Uh, Illinois is 18. Ohio State University is 25. University of Minnesota is 32. And uh, Penn State University Ag School 
is ranked number 34. So again, top ag schools in the world. UW-Madison slipped two spots, but we're still in the top 10. So uh, good things there. And, and of course, uh, part of that, uh, University of Wisconsin, we look at the University of Wisconsin system now, and that does include Platteville, River Falls, as well as Wisconsin. And uh, River Falls is going to be a busy place tomorrow. They absolutely are. And that is one of the top ag colleges in Wisconsin. And that will be awfully busy with the Blue and Gold Jackets. It's the annual Agricultural Technology Contest at UW-River Falls. That event has been run by the River Falls College of Agriculture, Food, and Environmental Sciences since 1961. And that's before I was born. That first year, there were 170 students from 18 high schools that competed. This year, there will be about 800 students from 70 schools in Wisconsin and Minnesota competing. They're all trying to win the sweepstake trophy that goes to the school that does the best overall in the judging contest. And uh, they're ready for them. Dr. Tim Buttles, of course, as we mentioned, has always been one of the uh, clearinghouse people to put that program together. And this will probably be his last one because we talked to him, as we said earlier, down at Whitehall here a couple of weeks ago, and he said he's moving on from River Falls. He's going to the UW-Platteville. He's going to be the new dean of the School of Education down at the UW-Platteville. I said, what about your wife? She teaches at River Falls. Well, she's going to stay here, <laughs> so at least for a year, he said. So uh, hopefully they can get that resolved. But uh, congratulations to Tim to taking on that job as the dean of the uh, School of Education at UW-Platteville. And again, good luck to all the students that are heading over to River Falls tomorrow. And again, keep an eye on the weather because uh, I don't know what kind of weather you might be running into over there at River Falls or on the roads heading over there. But hopefully it's going to be a good, safe trip over and back. And, and good luck because it's a great contest, and we hope to get the results of that contest uh, very, very shortly after the program, uh, kind of hard to consolidate over 800 students and 70 schools from Minnesota and Wisconsin. I think a couple of Iowa schools might even sneak in there as well. So it'll be a, a good contest as always, one of the best for the students around our area. And coming up, you're going to talk to somebody from Purdue, right? Purdue University, I've talked to Dr. Brady Brewer. He is a professor over there in the Ag Economics Department, and he talked about strategies for farm success. All right, and we'll hear from Dr. Brady Brewer coming up next on WAC. WAC's 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Farm success, what all farmers are working toward. This is Jill Walkie from the northern end of the world's longest barn here in Eau Claire. I had the opportunity to talk to Dr. Brady Brewer. He's an assistant professor at the Department of Agriculture Economics from Purdue University at the recent PDPW conference in Wisconsin Dells. I attended his enlightening session, and then afterwards we started talking about his five strategies for success along with the challenges that farmers are facing. So in general, a, a farm is going to have, you know, really five levers of, of strategies that I think they can pull to make their farm more profitable. So 
you, know, you think about managing output price, managing yield, managing costs, managing assets, or managing the people of the farm, or really kind of the five, any decision you make on the farm is going to impact one of those five uh, levers. Uh, there's a lot of challenges right now, though, uh, thinking about the uh, farmer's ability to make their farm more efficient by pulling one of those levers. Currently, we see input costs increasing over the past uh, two to three years. One of the major questions is, is how long are these elevated price levels uh, going to last? Are, are we going to see some relief by the end of 2023, or is it going to be more a 2024 time frame uh, that we're going to continue to see these elevated price levels? Obviously, that's being driven by inflation, which is hopefully increasing the output price that farmers receive for all commodities. But uh, we haven't seen some of those levels increase as much as the input prices uh, have increased thus far, which has put a put a margin squeeze on a, on a lot of farms across the United States. We're also seeing issues in the labor supply. So you think about managing people, thinking about retention of dairy employees. Um, it, it's really paramount right now that dairies think about uh, what you're doing for employee engagement, what they're doing to keep employees motivated on the farm, because it's really costly uh, to replace uh, an, an employee. Well, you brought up the challenges. What can a farmer really do about some of those challenges? Tell me some of the strategies out there. So on the asset side, one thing that I'm a big advocate of is is having a plan, right? Uh Setting down, writing your goals down for your farm. What do you want to achieve over the next three to four years? And what are the additional asset purchases or replacements that you're going to need to achieve those goals? That way, when you are able to make some of those purchases, it's purposeful. And you make sure that that asset is actually pulling one of those levers. It's either decreasing the cost or increasing the output, you know, your yield on your farm. If it's not doing that, it's not adding to the bottom line. Um, on the people side... You know, being deliberate, making employees feel engaged, increasing retention, that's going to decrease the cost, your, your cost of labor for your particular dairy. You mentioned some of these strategies. Where could a farmer kind of reach out and find out some more information? Direction on where a farmer could go to find out some more of this information? Extension service for the state that you reside in keeps, you know, pretty much all states keep track of budgets and input prices. Pay attention to that benchmark yourself against those budgets. If your fertilizer cost is higher, maybe you need to rethink whatever uh, nutrient management plan you're using to under, or, or at least understand why you may be higher and is it paying off in the long run. If your balance sheet is structured differently, you have more machinery or equipment or, um, or other specific assets. Again, uh, being different from some of those budgets isn't necessarily a bad thing, but understanding why the strategic decisions you've made has led to why you're different and is it actually paying off, I think is, is, is the first step in uh, resolving some of these issues. I'm going to take a little look at the future. You talked a bunch about data collection and what farmers are going to do with it. Do you think we're going to get to a point where we can really utilize that data collection and who can help us out with that? So there's a lot of data collected in agriculture, both on the farm and not off the farm. And the research that we've done at Purdue has shown that while we have a lot of data, we're not doing a whole lot with it. And this is, again, both on the farm and off the farm. I do think we're going to get to a point, especially, you know, one of the, I think the key components of being able to use this data is that 
the syncing of data sources from various sources, farm data with supply chain data, for instance, right, which then goes to the consumer, which may lead to a, an, an increased output price. Um, we haven't gotten there yet. Um, you know, a study by McKinsey uh, Institute in 2016 ranked agri- the agriculture supply chain in general dead last in terms of utilizing data. So I think this shows uh, the really rapid improvement that we have ahead of us as we catch up with other supply chains and other industries. Um, but once we do that and once it starts talking to each other, I think that's really where we'll start to see um, a lot of increased uh, value that we get out of the data that we already currently collect. We just don't use. And that data collection, who do you think is really going to be out there to help us with it? Is it going to be the next generation or is there a lot of stuff in the works? So we've seen a lot of outside investment in agriculture. People have probably seen stories of Microsoft now being in agriculture or Apple now being in agriculture. I mean, all of that is true, and that's because they see this opportunity to to use some of this data that we're already collecting. Um, I know certain agricultural companies are working on it as well. Farmers are also working on it. I think it's going to be a collective effort uh, to really maximize the value that we get from the data that we collect. How long do you think this is going to take? So I don't have a specific answer for you in terms of that because I, I think there's some varying components as, as we put the puzzle pieces together. Um, you know, and I think as we get to the next plateau, we're going to see what, what we're missing from it currently and, and just keep building. You know, I, I really think we're probably five to ten years off to get to where uh, we know we need to be at least here in the future. But I'm sure in five to ten years, we're going to know about some other stuff that we could be doing with it that's going to um, come into play as well. But, I, you know, this is not a easy task to do. There's some regulatory issues. There's some ownership issues with the data and sharing of it that I think we'll have to overcome from a legal perspective um, there as well. Um, that's not going to be easy, but once all that gets overcome and, and you know everyone can benefit from it, you know, and it, this is stuff that I, I think may take time and may be a frustrating process for everyone involved because, again, we know what we, what, what we should be able to do with it. We just can't achieve it right now. Let's take one last look at the roadmap for the steps for success. And you had them all implemented up there. Let's get a review. A typical business, farm business or dairy in this case, has five levers. Managing yield, I think it's going to be paramount that a farm strategically purchases assets to make sure that that the technology you use, whether it be variable rate or some other new technology adoption, is actually increasing your output. Um, Managing costs, uh, is that new asset uh, deep, making you more efficient, maybe making your people more efficient, your employees more efficient? Is it decreasing uh, from the cost that you cost you to produce your output on your farm in some way is, is definitely a question that farmers should be asking. And again, that is Dr. Brady Brewer from Purdue University. He was down at PDPW. Jill had a chance to visit with him about the keys to success. We got the keys to the news. Morgan's going to join us next, 29 minutes after 5 on a rainy Friday at WAC. For those who work in acres, not in hours, WAX 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 29 minutes before 6 o'clock on a rainy Friday morning here at WAX. Let's catch up on some of the uh, other news going on around the area. 
Morgan McCarthy joins us in the newsroom. I would imagine Boyceville is uh, getting washed out this morning, too, huh? This is the kind of weather that uh, made people build houses with something called a mudroom on the front. <laughs> because no floor can stay clean when we're going through this kind of spring, oh, can it? That is for sure. Yeah, we're getting a nice gully wash. We might get some white stuff tonight and tomorrow. We'll see, but... In the meantime, what's going on? Yeah, we'll leave those dirty details up to Mike Dandry. In the meantime, headlines keep us pretty close to home. Good morning. Here's what we're learning today. We begin in Greenwood, where a former Greenwood High School support staff member, Dylan North, will spend nine months in jail. He was sentenced this week after pleading no contest in January to sexually assaulting a student. Police were notified of the possible relationship in October of 21. Court documents said North had two victims. Stretching the lens a bit across the state, an Iowa man killed in a logging accident in Richland County this week. Officials say 54-year-old Joseph Abbott was of Dubuque and was hit in the face by a hydraulic line while working on a log skitter Wednesday. He was unresponsive when EMS arrived and pronounced dead at a hospital. In other headlines, if you're looking to shell out more bucks for Bucky, they'll take it. In-state tuition rates at the university system seeing a hike for the first time in a decade. Yesterday, the Board of Regents approved a proposal from President Jay Rothman that will increase tuition and room and board starting in the fall. Rothman cited higher operating costs and $130 million shortfall in Governor Evers' proposed budget plan as reasoning for those hikes. Rate increases by location, they will vary a little bit, but that annual tuition hike is roughly 4.5% for in-state undergrads, close to 5%, including other fees. While we look at some of the numbers on behalf of uh, the budget and on baseball's opening day, Governor Tony Evers pitched to spend state funds on Brewers' ballpark, still viewed with caution by Republicans on the legislature's budget panel, sounded like this. That appears to have been a plan that the governor basically negotiated with himself. Can't really see that there was any um, work with not just bipartisan work, but really with anyone on this and also why it's a plan that needs serious work. Joint Finance Committee co-chair Representative Mark Bourne there as Evers' budget proposal included $290 million for upgrades at American Family Field, an amount that almost certainly won't make it into the final budget. Although maybe it'll give the brewer some incentive to clean it up after opening day loss. And we hit the ball back to the bar and clear those fences. And Bob Bolsold, Jill Welke, and your Midwest Farm Report is on Wax 104.5. You realize how much it's going to cost you to send Siggy to college? Oh. <laughs> She's only, what, is she in fourth, fifth grade right now? I know. We're already plumping up the piggy bank as much oh. as we can. Yeah, she's in sixth grade, and I can't even imagine what that price tag will be. Yeah. You know what I want her to do? I want her to go into a trade. I'm, yeah, I need a plumber, and I need an electrician <laughs> in my life, and I would love if it were my daughter. And a lot of folks are looking for those people as well. <laughs> Get your butt to work, kid. Uh, good. We'll call her Sparky. <laughs> there All you right. go. We'll see you later. You bet, Bob. Morgan McCarthy in the newsroom this morning. Well... I tell you, I've heard so many things about the weather the last day or two that I'm absolutely baffled. That's why we're going over to Skywarn 13 and talk to Mike Dandria, brought to you by Chippewa Ag Solutions. What in the world? I saw rain, and now then I saw 10 inches of snow. What in the world's going on? Now, this isn't April Fool's, is it? No, and I just want to put this out there, that 10 inches of snow, these are ranges, and I had 5 to 9, and that 10 is just a locally higher amount that is possible. Now, how so big just, an area are you talking? Well, that could span anywhere from about southern Eau Claire County towards the Highway 8 corridor, maybe a little bit further north than that. But, yeah, just want to put that out that those are ranges, and that's just okay. the much higher end of the range. So down south, when you get 
Trumple or Jackson Monroe, not anywhere near that, huh? Correct, right. Okay. Those are those are much lesser amounts. Right. I would but not think that they would. Snow. Yes, okay. still some snow out of this, and it's it's a pretty hectic spring storm, as we'll say. So for today, I mean, we have this rain, of course, that we're dealing with right now. Could have some thunderstorms, especially further towards the south. Some of those storms could be on the stronger side. Now tonight, still windy, and that rain will start to transition over to snow, and that's where we get those higher accumulations in some spots but very very windy even going into tomorrow morning could blow around some of that snow and we'll have some intervals of clouds into the morning and becoming more sunny into the afternoon with highs into the mid to upper 30s going into saturday night we'll have a clear start but then clouds start to roll in and may bring us some uh clouds or excuse me some chances for snow showers going into sunday and then going into Monday, partly sunny, highs into the upper 40s. And Tuesday, well, we'll start to see a chance at another storm system working through Tuesday and Wednesday that may bring us some mixed precipitation. And Thursday, we'll be back into the lower 40s. But right now, we have temperature of 35 in Eau Claire. And, well, of course, we're dealing with that rain and a wind chill of 27 degrees. And when do you think it might transition over to more snow from Eau Claire north? Mostly around 8 to 10 o'clock tonight. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, later later tonight. <laughs> I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone knows what to say at this point. Well, I guess not. Just be careful out there. Yes, that's the best thing that you can say. Very good. Well, have a good weekend, I guess. <laughs> you too, Bob. Stay dry and, well, stay safe. Well, that's the main thing. Thanks, Mike. You bet. Mike Dandry over at Skywarn 13 with our weather this morning. As we said, brought to you by Chippewa Ag Solutions. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. About 21 minutes now before 6 o'clock. And just a reminder, it just popped into my head. Next Friday is, is Good Friday, of course. And it'll be a real good Friday. Brent Wink will be back with us every Friday, starting now and next Friday. Every Friday morning he joins us, of course, during the uh, planting, growing, and harvesting season. Getting a, a little jump on the planting season, of course, but... Uh, Brent will be with us uh, on our program, so uh, we look forward to Brent being with us from uh, Winfield. So he'll have all uh, all the important things that he always talks about. But again, that's next Friday morning. In the meantime, we've got some other chores to get done here. Today is March 31st, and Jill, a lot of organizations, a lot of deadlines today. What are some of those? Well, today's the last day to get your nominations in for the Ginseng Board, the Potato Board, the Farmers, Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin Board, the Farm to School Advisory nominations is open till today is the last day, and uh, recruiting students for the next next Agricultural Youth Council. Now, most of those are through the Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection, aren't they? Yes, you need to go to DATCAP and go to their website, and they will give you the whole rundown. And today is also the last day for accepting applications for the Buy Local, Buy Wisconsin grants. What's that all about? That's a DATCAP grant, and it's uh, grant information and application materials are available at the DATCAP website. All right. So I'll tell you more. All right. So that has to do with food. And, uh, again, safe travels tomorrow for all the young people that are going over to the UW River Falls for Ag Technology. Supposed to have about 800 students from 70 schools. I don't think the ones from down south are going to have a problem, but uh, I don't know. Some of the schools 
Rice Lake, Cameron, uh, Shatek might be a problem, although Shatek doesn't have an FFA program anymore. Haven't had for years, but uh, all the ones that are going over there, do it safely, and uh, let's uh, bring home the sweepstakes trophy from a school in our area. And we do have some uh, calendar items to take a look at, and we will get to those coming up. We're about 19 minutes before 6 o'clock. We've got markets to get to. We'll get uh, Jim Lindsay, Jerry Fitzgerald in here from the equity barns around the area. And uh, we'll do that coming up on a rainy Friday morning at Wax. 35 degrees right now. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. More things going on than just the deadlines for March 31st. Uh, Jill, you've got more of the calendar. What else is happening here in the future? Well, if you're looking for some good dairy animals, good Holsteins, head on up to the Barron County Holstein Breeders Spring Sale. That is tomorrow, starting at 11 o'clock. And you can get your get to your catalog on cowbuyer.com. And that, of course, is always at the Barron Sale Pavilion in downtown Barron. And again, happening tomorrow, keep an eye on the weather because... Uh, Hopefully, Mother Nature will cooperate because folks go to a lot of work planning these things and then to have to battle something like that. But again, that's always a good sale with the Barron County Holstein Beers. What else? Well, if you're hungry on Sunday for pancakes, go to the Chippewa Falls FFA and FFA Alumni Pancake Breakfast and Silent Auction. That's on Sunday, April 2nd from 9 to 1.30. That's at the Columbus Association Hall. That's uh, down on Pump House Road, down below there in Chippewa Falls. Good food. And there's also the third annual Spencer Farm Toy Show. That is on Sunday from 9 till 3 at the Spencer High School. So if you're looking for some toys, bring those kiddos out and have them have a look. You know, I thought that uh, craze was kind of dying down, but not at all. It's still very, very popular. The farm toys and folks have elaborate layouts of farmsteads and it's unbelievable what some people will bring in and of course uh, the buying and selling and trading and things like that so i've got a few but i don't have them for show tractors but i got old steel you know the old steel and not the plastic new ones i got old steel ones in my garage i don't know what i'm ever going to do with them well you should probably take them out of your garage and put them on display (laughs) i'll give them to somebody and they can make them look decent all right, so things going on around the area. Weather might dictate some of your movement tomorrow, so be aware of that. Rain today, and then could be uh, snow accumulating from about Eau Claire north. Down south, probably a little snow, but not near as many uh, inches, I guess. Hey, if you're going down south, maybe Platteville is where you're heading. The Wisconsin Beef Improvement Association having their 66th annual performance-tested bull sale April 1st, 11 a.m. at the University of Wisconsin Platteville Pioneer Farm. Three miles south of Platteville on Highway 80, then east on College Farm Road. They'll sell 69 yearling performance-tested bulls. Angus, Charlay, Hereford, Red Angus, Simmental, and Simmental Angus Composites. To see performance and pedigree information, go to wisconsinbeef.com. Buy a WBI-tested bull from the sale ring. Your living room or office or virtually go to dvauctions.com feeding information to the folks who feed you wax 104.5 and the midwest farm report we'll get to the markets here in a moment but uh, a lot of things coming up before we get to spring planting we mentioned a lot of things close by like this weekend but uh out jill there are some things coming up well it isn't going to feel much like summer this weekend but the registration is open for the Farmers Union Summer Camps. Those run from June through August. 
go to WisconsinFarmersUnion.com and they'll give you all the information that you need on that. Great place to take the kids up there and uh, along Lake Wissota, back in one of the bays. It's a beautiful place, that's for sure. Get the kids up there for a few days. What else? And on June 9th through the 11th, the Wisconsin River Pro Rodeo will be happening. And go to wrpr.org to find the tickets, and that's at the Merrill Festive Festival Grounds. In Merrill. In Merrill. All right. So we're looking ahead for some rodeos and stuff. What is that? That is June 9th through the 11th. All right. And, of course, we got the Father's Day rodeo always at uh, Stanley, but uh, other horse fanciers can go to Madison. Yes. Head on down to the Midwest Horse Fair. That's at the Alliant Energy Center in Madison, April 14th, 15th, and 16th. All right. We'll check. Maybe we can uh, find some tickets for that, but that's always a big one, too. All right. So lots going on in the area as we uh, move forward. We're going to move forward to uh, the markets right now. Let's get into the sale barn activity. Let's head on over to Altoona Equity and hear from Jim Lindsay. Choice beef steers nephers dollar thirty to a dollar fifty nine. Choice dairy cross steers nephers dollar thirty to a dollar fifty seven. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers dollar forty to a dollar fifty. Choice Holstein steers a dollar twenty five to a dollar thirty nine. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers a dollar twenty four and down. Top twenty percent of the cull cows sold from ninety to a dollar four. We had a top of a dollar six and a half. Sixty percent of the cows sold from sixty eight to eighty nine. The bottom twenty percent of the cows sold from sixty seven and down. Organic market from Tuesday eighty percent of the organic cows sold from a dollar forty five to a dollar sixty seven. The bottom twenty percent of the organic cows sold from a dollar forty four and down. Call bulls sold from ninety-five to a dollar ten. Thin full horn and lightweight bulls all discounted. Eighty percent of the ninety-five pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from a hundred and fifty to three hundred and twenty-five dollars per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from one hundred and fifty dollars per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from two hundred to three hundred and forty-five dollars per head. Sows on Thursday sold from thirty to forty-two, and boars sold from thirteen to fifteen. Our next special feeder sale is this Friday, March thirty-first, starting at noon. We are expecting around three hundred and fifty to four hundred head for that sale. There will be a lot of good Holstein and beef feeders at this sale. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at seven one five eight three five three one zero four to check out our early consignments. Go to the Equity Livestock Market consignment page and click on. On the Altoona market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And let's wrap up the week at the sale barns. Getting over to the Equity Stratford sale barn. Jerry Fitzgerald is with us. Uh, raining in Marathon County. Good morning to you, Bob. Uh, yes, it is. Um, kind of a, well, I'm surprised it's only 32 degrees, so I'm surprised it isn't freezing, but it doesn't appear to be freezing as of right now. But, you know, look at the radar. Boy, it looks a very colorful little radar map. You know, the kids are really like that. Yeah, it is, and uh, that means maybe a little white, st- well, it is white up north farther, but uh, rain around uh, much of our listening area. Well, wrap up the week for us. How'd we go at Stratford? We'll do that, Bob. Thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. A summary from yesterday, Thursday, and this past week here at Equity Stratford. Uh, markets continue to be very good, a good time to be selling livestock. And we'll start with the cow market this week, high-yielding fleshy Holstein and beef cows, and they were selling mostly from 89 to dollar three. We did top this week on the cow market at 105 Most of the cows this week, 69 to 89 a few of these thinner light carcass cows, $68 and below. On the organic market on Tuesday, we do sell these every Tuesday here. Organic market very strong on cows, 145 to 160 on the higher yielding organics. 
uh, lower yielding organic cows 140 and below. Now we get back to the conventional type uh, livestock again on the bulls. Better quality bulls are uh, this week. We're mostly from 93 to $1.10 with a top at 113. Lighter bulls 90 and below. Fed cattle trade this week. Choice grading Holstein steers uh, selling mostly from $1.30 to $1.44. High yielding choice strictly prime Holsteins 144 to 149 and a half. And uh, your select grading cattle under finished cattle. Uh, 130 and below. Calf market also very strong this week. Good quality Holstein bull calves weighing 90 to 130 pounds, selling from 100 to 275. Fancy bull calves uh, all the way up to 345. That was on Monday's auction. Little better demand this week for the heifer calves, 40 to 115. Again, most of those on Monday's sale. And good quality beef calves, 250 to 500. And uh, they did top at 550 again. That was on Monday's auction. So very strong markets this week. And we'll just take a look at full marketing week next week here at Equity Stratford. And our next uh, dairy auction will be next Tuesday. Next feeder cattle sale will be next Wednesday. Part of that sale next Wednesday, we do have bread beef cows for that auction next Wednesday at 1230. Again, a lot of information on our website, Equity Co-op. Click on the Stratford page and you'll be there. And if you've got cattle to consign, let us know. Always, always good to hear from the folks. 687-4101 is our phone number. Bob, we'll send her back to you. You and Jill stay dry and... Uh, well, I don't know, um, April 1st, tomorrow, uh, there's always somebody out there doing some shenanigans, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine somebody else will pay attention, Jerry. We don't want to have you on the wrong end of an April Fool's joke. Jerry Fitzgerald over there at Stratford. And Synergy Co-op in Ridgeland bringing us our look at the markets. Board of Trade was mixed yesterday. More corn being sold to China, but the meal market was down for beans. Overnight, July corn up a fraction at 627. The oats down nine at 356. July wheat down a nickel at 699. Soybeans down four at 1442. Soybean meal a little lower too for July at 451.50. Taking a look at the country elevator prices. Northside elevator loyal location corns at 615 with beans at 1407. At the Arcadia location corns at 618 with beans at 1417. At the Wheat and Grain, Chippewa Falls location, corn's at 594 with soybeans at 1413. And at Connorsville, corn's at 594 with soybeans at 1408. On the DTM screen, corn at Golden Plum today, 615 a bushel. At Baldwin and Mondovi, 602 and 1411 on the soybeans. Durand, corn 597, beans 1406. Elmwood, 602 on the corn, 1416 on the soybeans. Out at Fall Creek, 588 and 1386. In Osseo, the corn is up to 607. Soybeans at 1416. Elk Mound, 603 and 1412. Sparta corn, 603. Soybeans, 1421. And over at Ellsworth, 577 on the corn, 1366 on the beans. The ethanol plants, Boyceville and Stanley both have corn at 619 today. New Richmond, 609. Barrel cheese down three, 187 and a half. Blocks down a penny, 192 and a half. Butter holding steady, 239 and three quarters. March, and today will be the last trading day for March Class 3. The trade yesterday went up a penny to 1807. April down four at 1946. May up 11 at 1861. June up 13, 1860. July up eight at 1901. And once again, weather a factor the next day or two. So again, if you're traveling out there today, tonight, tomorrow, be careful. Rain now and uh, some snow later on. So be careful. We'll get about 43 today. 35 right now.
You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.